Welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor Podcast. In this podcast, we inspire advisors with ideas and pathways to break through barriers and build a thriving retirement income business. We will interview innovative technology developers, business leaders, and successful advisors, then help you organize and execute these ideas to move your business forward. Hey, folks, welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Uh, today, we've got Chris Field from Holista Plan. He's, he's been a great partner for InsureMark. Uh, our advisors love working with, with his team over there. They've done awesome work. They, they've been an amazing, amazing fintech success story. So we definitely want to dive into that. But I want to thank you for taking time out of your schedule today to join us. This is the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. This is where advisors come to learn how their, par- how their peers and colleagues are leveling up their practice in 2023. Hey, Chris, welcome to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, thank you very much for taking time out of your conference schedule to join us. We really appreciate that. Hey, catch us up a little bit. Who's Chris Field and who's Holista Plan? Yeah, so I'm the Chief Growth Officer here at Holista Plan. We are a four-year-old fintech software solution really built around tax planning. So even though we're starting to add in some other opportunities, like we're doing a property and casualty, and then we're working next year on some estate planning. We really were founded as a tax planning solution. So both of our founders worked in RIAs. They both love doing tax planning. They found it to be one of the most valuable things they could do for their clients. And yet it took a ton of time. Takes, you know, tax tax returns are 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 pages long. And so they were really surprised when they found that no technology solution was really leveraging AI or machine learning or optical character recognition to do the heavy lifting of a tax return and then just give you the numbers that matter. And when they discovered that wasn't out there, they decided to build it. So that's what they did four years ago. And we've been on this crazy path since then, just past 23,000 advisors using the software and just continues to to really resonate with people, which is really fun. Hey, folks, in case you didn't catch what Chris was just talking about, it, 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 with Holista Plan, you literally scan the tax return and there's no keying in, no inputting, none of that. It analyzes it in the cloud and then feeds back to you, you know, some next best conversations to have. And it, it all happens in in a couple of minutes. Right. Right, Chris. Yeah, less usually. Yeah, it depends on your internet connection, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So I, I love what you're what you're saying about uh, what's happening with the list of plan and and the property and casualty and the estate planning and so on. You, you're you're on the ground with a lot of advisors, you know, in conferences and other events and so on. So what are you hearing from those advisors about fintech beyond just a list of plan? What are they, what are they what are they talking about with respect to their practices about how they're they're taking them to the next level? So. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that we're hearing is that what what used to be a space where you could really do investment management only and be successful, that seems to be changing. So there's this real impetus that the planning side of financial planning is really becoming important to the client, especially people with worth, people with resources, the higher net worth clients. There's just this feeling that there's plenty of information out there around investments. What there's less of is information on around the whole financial picture. 
right? How do I make sure I have the right insurance coverage? How do I make sure I have the right, I'm not paying more than I need to on taxes. I'm tax optimized. How do I make sure I'm planning correctly for my estate? It's just really like what has historically been on the fringes of some financial planning is really kind of becoming front and center where clients are saying, hey, if it touches my bank, if it touches my children's future bank, I want to be talking about it with you. I don't want to have to go to seven different places. And I may have an expert that I buy my insurance from, and I may have an expert that I buy my estate planning from, and I may have a CPA that does my taxes, but I need a quarterback that's going to understand how all of those pieces fit together and going to make sure because those other folks aren't talking to each other, right? They're just, they're all kind of self-preservation, right? They're doing what they believe is best. What if those things are disconnected? What, you know, what if, what if the person helping me with this isn't aware of that? And so it's really this move that financial advisors need to be more in the know and need to understand, even if they're not executing the strategy, they need to be guiding the the conversations. They need to be engaging people on a deeper level. And I think that's a huge reason Holistic Plan has been so successful is that there's a lot of advisors that have never done any what we would call planning. And they've as they've realized how critical that is, we were the lowest barrier to entry for them, right? They could grab a tax return, upload it, and in less than a minute, they've got a conversation with full reports they can have with their client. They don't have to go read a thousand tax returns manually to, to be able to do that, right? That immediately they're on the same page as somebody who's read tax returns for 10 or 15 years. And that low barrier to entry, I think, is a huge part of our growth. And now I think it's just going to expand. Like, what are those conversations our clients are coming to us with every single month, every single year? In- investing is like, hey, hold, hold steady, right? Like, just keep doing the thing. And trust me, when you're 70, you're going to be so happy that you did. Well, that's hard for a 40-year-old to hear. That's hard for a 50-year-old to hear. It's hard for a 60-year-old to hear. And so being able to say like, yeah, we've got that piece and that's going great, but let's talk about the stuff you still can impact today. How are you doing on tax optimization? How are you doing on property and casualty insurance to make sure you're protecting your assets? What are you thinking about what happens after you're no longer here and with your with your legacy and with your family? Now, those are very tactical questions. We had one client, I love this. He said, Many of our technology softwares historically have been telescopes. Holista Plan has been a microscope. And I really loved that juxtaposition because I do think that's the difference between 30-year strategic planning, which is very much just wait, you know, wait and trust me, it's out there, right? Versus, but what can we do today? And I think with clients who are constantly saying, what have you done for me lately? What have you done for me lately? that that tactical planning, that microscope is so, so valuable. So that's what we're hearing more and more of. And that's the movement we've seen like inside broker dealers and some of these other places like InsureMark, honestly, where two, three, four years ago, I don't think these places are giving us a look. I just don't think it's on the radar. And now, even when we started, it was all RIAs, every one of them. And now half of our growth is coming from broker dealers every single month. And I don't think that's an accident. I think that 
completely aligns with that movement towards more robust planning from everybody in the industry, even those who've not historically done a lot of that kind of planning. So, boy, there's a lot to unpack in what you just talked about, uh, and and uh, you're 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 right on so many levels. So, uh, I was at the DeVoe uh, M and A and Succession Conference last week, and one of the things they talked about was, you know, the, there was this whole vibe about uh, fee compression, right? And in the last few years, people were saying, oh, you know, the advisors' fees are going to get cut; they're going to be under pressure. You know, the service model won't work, yada yada. And what's really happened is it's not fee compression but it's service compression right. that now the advisors uh the, the client's expectations as you were saying have really exploded about yeah. what they expect from an advisor um our, our advisor insight survey tracks what's going on with about 2000 plus advisors and we asked them you know what's really on your radar this time of year what are your concerns what's keeping you awake at night and the number one thing amongst fast growth both uh, advisors was meeting client expectations. Uh, wow. and, and so just, just keeping up with what they expect to get from their advisor. And so, you know, there's a communication component to that. There's an engagement communicate component to that. Certainly there, there's the advice component to that. And, and then you start to think about you know the all, all the buzz about you know are our firms growing or not growing? Is there inorganic growth or organic growth and that that whole diatribe, right? So the the advice engagement. So let, let's talk about that for a second because I know a lot of our listeners' second biggest concern is client acquisition. So how 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 are people using tax planning to help close the gap on client acquisition? What are they doing? You know, from an advice engagement perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think the the reality, if you look at any of the data out there, there's a spectrum group survey that shows something like 93% of clients expected tax planning and 25% were receiving it. Uh, there's um, Edelman Financial Engines did a, a big study that showed the number one concern of families uh, with over $250,000 in assets was tax planning. So there's this really clear communication from the client. Like, I'm worried about taxes. Like, I, I am not sure about taxes. And what that really, to us, what that really means is I need someone to help me demystify taxes because every year I know what I made and I know what I paid, but I have no idea what happens between those two. Like, I just, I don't know, right? It's, my CPA just tells me what, how big a check to write and where to write it. Like, and that's not a knock on CPAs. That's not their job. Their job is not tax education. Their job is is tax making sure taxes are accurate. Right? They're ta they're they're ensuring accuracy. They're historians. CPAs look backwards and they document what already happened so that you tell the IRS correctly. We need the advisor to look forward with the client. And to say, look, yeah, this is what happened in the past, and that is relevant. But what matters more is what are you going to do this year, next year, the next year, over the next decade to ensure that you're not overpaying in taxes? There's almost no CPAs out there that are doing that. That's just not their service model. And so there's this interesting opportunity for advisors to sit in that driver's seat and to talk about tax optimization, to talk about tax planning 
And when you use that in lead gen, when you use that in meetings to close a new family, when you show people a tax report, a sample tax report with all these charts and graphs, you know, we have QCD explainers, RMD explainer, like when you demystify taxes, you're already 10 steps ahead of everybody else. And that's how we're mostly seeing it is that we're taking a topic the client is clearly concerned about. So much so that they don't even necessarily know the right questions to ask. And we're giving them relevant, digestible data. And that's when they're like, they have that aha moment where they're like, okay, I pay you this much a year and you saved me more than that in taxes. This is the, I mean, come on, like, this is the best deal I've ever gotten, right? That Those are the kind of moments that have people go and tell, you, tell their friends about you. So folks at Insuremark, we've got this framework, we call it, for going from lead to client evangelist, okay? So how do you take a lead, turn it into a prospect? How do you turn prospects into meetings? How do you turn meetings into clients? How do you turn clients into evangelists? And so where Holistic Plan fits in this, and remember, it takes a minute uh, you know, to scan, upload, and get a report back with Holistic Plan. So from the point where that lead comes through your website, through your SEO about tax planning, and you you reach out and book the meeting for them to get their tax plan from you, and you sit down with them and show them, as Chris just said, here's the magnitude of the gain versus the amount of the pain. Uh, and, and so now you're way down the framework in terms of lead conversion, client acquisition in, in pretty short order, which is pretty amazing. So I think that really resonates with our clients. And this this whole thing that you're talking about, Chris, with respect to rearview mirror, um, you know, it, it seems like a, a lot of aspects of our, our planning have been locked on that rearview mirror and not really looking forward like they should. I know our listeners love what we're doing with uh, index strategies. We do a lot of business with FIAs and RILAs in the sort, right? And so a lot of us have been kind of slaves to the back test to what did history look like? And we've learned over the last three years, that's not really worth a lot. What's yeah. really worth more is the ability to to work from capital market forecasts and look at how your index and your product are going to work going forward. So I love what you're saying about how we can look forward in the tax realm as well. So it's not just you know, we're going to get you $100,000 a year in guaranteed income for the rest of your life, but you're going to get you a net after tax amount of guaranteed income that looks like this. So that's really powerful. Yeah, I mean- you know, taxes are the number one expense of of retirees. I mean, once people have historically finished paying their mortgage, taxes are the, their largest monthly expense, even in retirement. And so to be able to say that sentence to someone, hey, Mr. Martin, taxes will be your number one largest expense in retirement. I want to help you forecast over the next 20 years to make sure we've minimized that impact as much as possible. And that, I mean, no one's going to say, that's okay, I'm fine, thank you. I love giving extra money to the IRS. Like no one says that. <laughs> it doesn't matter what their political affiliation is. It doesn't matter, you know, what their, whether they have millions or tens of thousands, like no one wants to overpay. Everyone wants to pay their fair share and not more. And so this really is a universally applicable conversation and I think that's why it, it resonates so much. Very few topics touch everyone, 
taxes are in that group. And by the way, it's every year. So, you know, insurance probably doesn't need to be constantly reviewed, right? Every couple of years is probably fine. A state plan every couple of years is probably fine. Taxes are new every single year. Tax law changes constantly. The, the current tax law is supposed to sunset in 2026. So what, what does that mean? Well, you can model in Holista Plan a plan with sunsetting and without. And you can just look at them side by side because somebody said, well, you know, current tax law, we can't even make decisions based on current tax law. Well, sure we can because it's the best information we have right now. But let's go ahead and lay that side by side for if this does sunset and make the plan that's best for both of those situations. So yeah, taxes are just, you can't get away from it. I mean, everyone knows that everyone feels that pressure and everyone feels equally confused by it, which means they're thrilled when you bring some clarity to it because it's something the vast majority of people, even high earners, have not really ever had in their entire careers. Well said. Extremely well said. So we're sitting here, folks, uh, about to start Q4. Uh, and and so as a CFP, RIA, you know, and I've got clients myself, Q4 is when the tax planning really happens. I know tax season is early in the year, but that's when you're filing. This is when the planning gets done. This is when the tax loss harvesting gets done. This is when the, the QCDs get managed. Uh, there are so many moving parts this time of year. So Chris, tee up our advisors for what should really be on their radar. What are the three or four action items they need to make sure they've got in their in their calendar for Q4? I mean, there's just certain things that have to be done by 1231 or or you can't go backwards on January 2nd and, and do them, right? So, I mean, Roth conversions are going to be the most common thing that needs to be done by the end of the calendar year. And tons of advisors are doing Roth conversions. That's such a, such a really just common, popular thing. Uh, you also have qualified charitable distributions. So if someone is going to do one of those QCDs, it needs to be done by the end of the year. And you need to be able to model why they would do a qualified charitable distribution versus not doing one. Are there actually tax savings um, that come from them? Required minimum distributions are another one, those RMDs. So there's just a certain set of things that they're in the back of advisors' minds. They're aware of them. They're doing them almost one-off. Like, oh yeah, Johnny needs you know, we need to do a Roth conversion. Frank wanted to talk about a qualified charitable distribution, but but when you look at your subset of clients, like they're the kind of things you should be thinking about across your entire subset of clients, but you're not probably going to do that unless you're prompted to do that. Unless you have some guide like a report in your hand that says, hey, based on Jack's information, you should consider this. Oh yeah, I need to look at that, right? Like that's the kind of thing giving to an, you know, putting money into an HSA. Like th there's just certain things that are very valuable for many, many clients that if you don't have a really strong process and system in place, you're going to miss some of those things. And, you know, our tax report has almost a hundred possible observations that it can make. It's never going to make a hundred because, for your return and my return, it's going to be a totally different set of circumstances, right? Based on our ages, based on our marital status, our number of dependents, our income, what state we live in, et cetera, how much we gave to charity, all of that. But the fact is, no, no advisor is thinking about 100 possible tax planning opportunities per client. There's no way. It's too much. 
And so being able to run a report and get back the eight to 10 to 12 relevant opportunities, basically handed to you, gifted to you, breadcrumbs, if you will, for you to follow, that's what really begins to drive that change in Q4. So yeah, just think about the things that you need to do before December 31st and think about the number of clients you need to do those things for. And then think about how are you going to do that at scale and what kind of system or process? Maybe it's just a spreadsheet, you know, for some people. Well, as long as that's working and you're following it, that's great. But there is a way to leverage technology beyond the spreadsheet. And certainly we have seen in Q4, which is the busiest time for tax planning by far, like just yesterday, 2000 tax returns were uploaded into our software. And in peak end October, early November, we'll be seeing 3000 tax returns a day. And so, I mean, there's, this is tis the season, right? Not just for the holidays, but for tax planning, because that 1231 deadline is looming. And if you miss it, you miss it. So well said. It really is. And so, hey, folks, if you're listening, uh, reach out to one of our advisor development consultants, and they'll be happy to help you figure out the communication tool, the process. Uh, We've got pre-built tax planning campaigns that you can use with your clients and with prospects. We've got workflows you can put in place to to create some automation. But what Chris is talking about is gold, Uh, You know where where you're going to take your clients from being clients to being fully engaged and becoming client evangelists who are literally you know, at Thanksgiving and Christmas saying, you won't believe what my advisor did for me. If you want that kind of experience and those kinds of referrals, you got to jump on the bandwagon quick, get it hooked up with our ADCs, get the communication plan in place, start the workflows, and start scanning those those tax returns. I, I know the answer to this question, but it, 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 do, do, is there any slowdown when you get into peak season? <laughs> does oh, does, for, does for the cloud? Yeah, does the cloud yeah. st- have to pause to select? No, to no, we or? have we have the right support team in place, and generally, it's going to be you know minutes, like you said, before you get a report back, and if there's any manual data entry needed because something's unclear or a, a number was juxtaposed, you know, juxtaposed or something. It's usually still less than half an hour before somebody manually checks that, reviews it and clears it. So we know peak season and, and we're we're staffed on our side for it. It's kind of our Super Bowl. Awesome. Um, okay. So before we sign off, so Chris Fields, the man, so the man, the myth, the legend. So you, you've been writing professionally for a while. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that. I think that would be of interest to our audience to get the, you know behind the curtain. What's up with Chris Field, the author? Yeah. So five years ago, I released my first book called Disrupting for Good. And it was really a book that was born out of a, a guy named Clay Christensen, who was a Harvard professor. He passed away, sadly, a few years ago. But he coined the term that a lot of your listeners have heard uh, basically around disruption, innovative disruption or disruptive innovation around when an industry gets changed by a piece of technology. Well, at the time I was fully engaged in the nonprofit space. My wife and I had founded a nonprofit doing anti-child trafficking work in Ghana, Africa, many years before that. And so what I was really interested in when I heard about this disruption, it was really only ever used in a business context. It wasn't ever used like in education. It wasn't used in the nonprofit world. So I was like, wait a minute, like, it's not just businesses that can introduce new ways of thinking that completely change the way people view the world. Like we're missing this chance. And so I went out and found all these ordinary disruptors, people whose stories I had never heard. They weren't famous. 
they were just people who did cool things. It were really transformational. And so I wrote about those people in that first book. And then I, I spoke quite a bit, I kind of had a keynote called Disrupting for Good. So I went to a lot of conferences like the Insure Mart, like I would be brought into something like that and do a, do a keynote. Then that prompted my second book, which was called A Billion Hours of Good. And that was coming out of my first book. People said, man, this is so awesome. I just, I don't have time. I can't start a nonprofit. And I was like, it's, it's not, you're kind of missing the point. The, the point is kind of to do what you can with what you have where you are. And so I wrote a whole book about that. So a billion hours of good is if, if each one of us just gave 1% of our day, which is 14 minutes to doing good over our working life, it ends up being thousands of hours, basically be the same as like only doing good for two years or something, right? Every day, all day. So the idea was that when tens of thousands of people do a tiny little bit of good every day, you end up with a billion hours of good. And so that book sort of walks through, you know, that we need uh, compassion to to find out what, what makes us excited. We've got to feel something before we can act on it. Then we have to have the courage to actually act on the things we feel. And then we have to have creativity to solve them in new ways. Um, and then the last book, which I just sent to the publisher, my third book uh, last Friday was, uh, it's called Meaning Making. And it's a bit different than my other books. It'll come out in May of 2024. And it's really a book of me trying to make meaning of my first 40 years on earth. So it's it's a lot more gritty and uh, the, like lots of little very small stories. I don't tie everything up neatly in a bow. It's it's really reflecting on a lot of the things I think we share as humans, but that we don't talk about. Um, just how some parts of life are really hard and messy. And it's that's just part of the human experience. There's nothing, you know, none of us are broken. We're all worthy of being known. And the life is full of beautiful messes. That's kind of the three subsections. And then I just kind of reflect on, the ways I've experienced those, own, those in my own life. And, and frankly, a lot of the ways I've failed to find those things when they were right right around me, right? Like I've historically been a, a an overachiever, a strategizer, a go, go, go kind of guy. And that's been awesome for my career. It has come at a cost in some ways um, for even just the way I experience the world. I don't really feel my feelings a lot because I'm always... Uh, strategizing the next move. And so sometimes the presence, I'm kind of numb to the present moment because I'm thinking about the next three steps, which again, has served me very well in business. I'm not sure that's made me the very best, healthiest, most robust version of myself. And so I, th that's really what that third book is is about. It's a little different than the first two. It's less rah-rah inspirational and, and more reflective. It's not a memoir, like anyone who picks it up will find themselves in the stories and different ones will resonate. There's almost 50 different little vignettes and each one of them will resonate differently with, with different people. So the way I like to describe the third book that your readers, your listeners might appreciate, uh, it's a book for people who have lived a little. Uh, people who have won some, they've lost some, they've climbed some mountains and they've been in some valleys. I think anyone like that thinking about maybe the second half of their life I think we'll find it really meaningful to help them make some of that meaning that maybe they've missed in the busyness of life. 
Well, thank you for being transparent about that. And congratulations on recognizing that you need to write a book about being in the moment in the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Way to go. Way to go. Hey, folks, uh, this has been Chris Field with uh, Holista Plan, Chief Growth Officer, amazing guy, great partner for InsureMark. Uh, We'll get you his his connection stuff. It'll be in the show notes. Chris, anything you want to say before we uh, sign off? No, this is great. I appreciate you guys. Y'all are great partners to us. And I think there's a ton of untapped potential in the InsureMark community with what you guys are doing every day and with what we're doing. And we're very happy to see that relationship continue to grow. I agree. Thank you very much. Folks, this is Jack Martin for the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Thank you much, very much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again next time. Thank you for listening to the Breakthrough Advisor podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of InsureMark. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. 